The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to episode 13 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom, representing the kingdom, myself, Brad Simcox, a.k.a. the Great Chief, and Arrow Headlines editor, Tom Childs. On this week's show, we'll be looking at the usual Chiefs news. We'll also be discussing the KC, the small town treasure. And we'll be looking at KC's World Cup bid. And we'll also be reading Chiefs Kingdom's tweeted hot takes giving you our thoughts on our preseason game called y'all are crazy but first tom it didn't come home did it it didn't i'm so sad you look I'm good so... you look sick as a chip mate i am it's this happened five days ago now and i'm still not over it and i don't think i'm ever going to get over it we were so no. close like the last time we recorded was the day before the quarter final and at that point we were fairly confident about england making the final with having yeah. Ukraine and potentially Denmark in their way. And we thought it would happen. But once we got past those two teams, I was convinced. I thought it was <laughs> destiny. I really did. And then we done went and scored in the second minute, and I thought, right, this is over. We're going to batter them. And we did. Oh, Italy, Italy grew stronger. They grew back into the game. They got their equaliser. And then it was kind of a stalemate waiting for penalties. And then penalties happened. And I know Americans are not fans of penalties. I know to them, it just doesn't make any sense, like deciding a game um, out of structure, shall we say. Like normally, like with overtime goals, it's done within like the usual premise of the game where penalty kicks obviously aren't a a normal event in that, the way it's done then. It's a lottery, isn't it, basically? It is a lottery. And to lose like they did, and obviously what's happened since in this country as well because of who happened to miss the penalties is something that yeah. I'm fairly ashamed of. And all the events that happened around the stadium of the day is something I'm fairly ashamed of. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of the team. And I think yeah. it's the best England team in terms of, not necessarily talent, but certainly the best team in terms of role models that we've had since I started following the team, that is for sure. But unfortunately... The, the negative sides of English football and English society showed their ugly heads, should we say, um, earlier this week and since the game's happened. So um, it's a shame. It's a shame that people can't just take football for what it is and that's a game. But love always wins, as Bukayo Sacco said yesterday. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, I, I echo your thoughts on that. I mean, the way that England fans handled themselves um, and, and put shame on the nation. Basically. Not all England well, Not all England fans. 
No, I know, but it's not. Yeah, it's not all England fans, and there are there are a majority of people who are there just to enjoy the game, and they've really backed the team as well, especially after the the penalty shootout. You know, especially the three lads, the young lads as well. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, yeah. one of them is what nineteen. Yeah. Um, and you know, to have that weight of of a nation on the shoulders like that, but to have the backbone to step up and take a penalty. I mean, fair play to them, credit to them, but. There is always that minority. We're always talking about a minority of um, fans, aren't we, that that really kind of drag the whole country down yeah. with their antics, and especially online as well. Um, it was disgusting what was what was tweeted to um, to to well to all three of the lads that missed the penalty. Yeah, it, it was disgusting. It really was. And, and to be clear, for anyone that's unaware of what happened, it was racist abuse. It wasn't. Oh yeah, the, the three players that happened to to miss were black and the two guys that scored were white. And unfortunately there are still racists in this world and they think it's okay to tweet monkey emojis and all sorts of horrible things to players just because they missed a penalty. The world would do well to get rid of these type of people. And it's as the, the whole of the England team and, a lot of people have come out and said this week it's down to social media companies to sort these guys out now. Like there has to be a way in which social media companies can verify absolutely everyone that has a social media profile. That doesn't mean you have to be public. You just, if you're going to have a social media account and if you're going to set up a burner or an anonymous account, it has to be linked to a indiv- to an individual that yeah. if anything abusive comes from those accounts, that the Twitter company, Twitter company, Facebook, whoever can then go to the police. Well, that account is tied to that person. Deal yeah. with that person. It's got to be something. Let, has, something has to happen. whittle them out. Yeah, let's whittle them out for sure. All right, mate. Should we? Uh, should we get cracking with the Chiefs news? Yes, let's do it. Let's do it, mate. Let's do it. Um, this week, there's been quite a few things being. You want me? What did you say? I said there's been some news. Like we're going to discuss one thing. I don't know whether it's news or not, but you know, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> it's news to us at the minute in this yeah. very kind of thin state of, uh, of of you know preseason. Yeah, the first one, um, Frank Clark. Uh, obviously, that a lot of that's been in the news recently about um, him having a concealed weapon in the back of a car. Um, apparently, his arraignment has been moved to uh, October the fourth, which it would mean it would be around about week five of the NFL season. Do you actually think the NFL will suspend him during that time or do you think they will actually wait until the arraignment's been sorted? Yeah, I I don't think Frank Clark's suspension is going to have any impact on the Chiefs whatsoever because I think no. by the time that the suspension happens, he won't be a Chief anymore. Um, I think I fully expect the NFL to wait this out because they've got better at that. Before they used to yeah. jump the gun, the NFL, and like throw suspensions around left, right and centre. Um, and obviously they created the exemption list as well. But I don't think they're going to use the exemption list. I think they're going to wait out, see what happens with, with the law. And mm. I think any suspension um, that will come from the NFL will come in the 2022 season, at which point Frank Clark will no longer be a chief because there is an out next year. So although it is Chiefs news, um, I don't expect it to impact any particular team. The only person it's going to impact really is going to be Frank Clark next year when he's looking for a new team. Also in the news is Travis Kelsey caused a stir, caused a stir recently, didn't he? With um, he rocked Chiefs Kingdom's world and is it even his teammates' world as well 
when apparently he announced on a Barstool Philly podcast that he gets Kelsey, but it's actually pronounced Kels. And social media just imploded on itself, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I must admit, I, I was tweeting about this as well because I was thinking, oh my God, my life's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Kelsey? Is it Kels? Do we even know the guy anymore? Yeah. Um, Is it Mahomes? Like, how do Mahomes. you do, do, do I even trust that I'm saying my own name right these days? <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> um, this is such a non story. This is what I was uh, highlighting a, a few minutes ago. This is so funny that this is as big as it is, but it's a wind up. It has to be a wind up. Like, I tweeted something the other day after this regarding The Rock's intro to. Um, yeah. The intro, because when in, in that intro, Super Bowl 54, he says, and introducing my man, Travis. And I tweet yeah. out, oh, did he say that because he didn't know whether to say Kelsey or Kels? Is that why? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is, it is, got to be a wind up. And I know Jason Kelsey has said since then, is Kelsey. And yeah, Travis has said that Kels is a nickname. But um, I, no one's calling him Kels. Like, I saw a tweet the other day that people would rather call Arrowhead Stadium Gerha than call Travis Kelsey Kels. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently Andy Reid calls him Kels, doesn't he? Maybe. Apparently so. But, uh, yeah, apparently there's been some clarification that's come out now that, um, it, well, it's from, like you said, it's from Jason Kelsey, isn't it? That apparently the... the the family still call it Kelsey, but it's it is originally Kels, and some members of that family still not pronounce it Kels, but they go by Kelsey. If that clears it up anymore, <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling him Kelsey. I don't care. I don't oh, care this what is it is. One massive wind up from the whole Kelsey family, isn't it? <laughs> they've all got together and thought, let's try and break the internet on July 14th, and that's exactly what they've done. <laughs> yeah. Is it, next week is it Tyreek Hill? Heel, heil, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Whilst we're talking about uh, Travis Kelsey, what did you make of the ESPN inside of ratings? Putting George Kittle, we've said, we've said this time and time again, haven't we, about George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. They don't care where they are ranked. Yeah. They don't care what everybody's opinion are about these two. But apparently George Kittle has been ranked higher than Travis Kelsey this year. It's it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. This is done by NFL executives that have said that Kittle was better than Kelsey. For me, they've always been one A, one B. Um, can't really split them. But if you were going off production alone, then Kelsey does beat Kittle over the last couple of years. That is for sure. Um, yeah, I think it was only one year that Kittle's managed to outproduce Travis Kelsey in terms of receiving yards. Kelsey stays on the field. Kittle doesn't. Kelsey's been doing it for longer. There's so many or Kels has been doing it for longer. There's so many <laughs> factors that are swaying in Travis Kelsey's way that I just don't understand how you could possibly rate George Kittle above him. But at the same time, I don't particularly care. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Brad. And when you said you were going to bring this into the news, I kind of like sighed a little bit because I'm like, are we talking about Travis Kelsey and George Kittle? Again, I'm so bored of this conversation. Yeah. And we all know that when Travis Kelsey gets inducted into the Hall of Fame in 15 wait, many years time however many years it is George Kittle will be there to support him and we all know that when George Kittle gets inducted into the Hall of Fame a few years later Travis Kelsey will be there to support him also so it they don't care I don't care let's move on yeah <laughs> well saying that I mean it's going back to what I said in the previous show that even at number two I still like the Chiefs player is at number two yeah because I just feel it it keeps that fire in the belly yeah so 
I'm okay with it. I'm fine <laughs> with it. Travis doesn't care. <laughs> Kelsey and Kittle don't care. There's only one man um, of the Chiefs that cares about that type of thing, and that is Patrick Mahomes. He's the yeah. only person that cares about rankings, but he's the only person that should feel hard done by by rankings because since he's come into the league, as good as he has been, for some strange reason, it's the hot thing to say that he isn't as good as others, where yeah. I do feel like Patrick Mahomes takes that personally, and he is really, really petty, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Like, he's going to see that Chargers tweet the other day talking about Mr. Krabs or whatever it was. And I'm, I hope that doesn't mean that they're literally saying Patrick Mahomes, he has crabs. I hope that's not the angle they were going for. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah he would have saw that. And you know that whenever the Chiefs play the Chargers, he's going to score a rushing touchdown and he's going to do like a crab celebration or something like that. He's going to start walking sideways, giving it all the old pincers with his hands and something like that. And then we're going to be like, yeah, that will refer to that tweet back on July 14th because Patrick Mahomes is that petty. I actually hope he does that. <laughs> yeah, I really do. I really hope he does that. Are we taking credit for that one, by the way? If Patrick Mahomes does <laughs> a crab dance in the end zone, we take him down. Celebration of crab hands. <laughs> yeah. we've, actually, we've actually got a meetup, haven't we, in Newcastle for that particular Chargers game. So yeah. if Patrick Mahomes scores a touchdown in that game, we will get a video of all 30 of us doing a crab dance in the end zone. <laughs> Book it. <laughs> The last item in the news I want to bring up is, um, again, it's something we kind of touched on before about record setting and things. Um, and apparently this week, the football statistics site, uh, Pro Football Reference, announced that data about sacks, which has only been an official NFL statistic since 1982, has been expanded. Um, thanks to decades of research, sacks statistics, I can't even say that word, from 1960 through to 1981 have now been included in their database, which has now kind of rejigged all of the rankings, all of the records as well for what we all believed were to be true, obviously from the time of 1982 when the records kind of began. This is going to have massive ramifications on this because um, obviously pro football reference has now gone back the other way. Instead of was having the extra game that we we were looking at before, weren't we? Where we were thinking that it's gonna it's gonna misalign all of these records. Yeah, pro football focus have gone the other way and they've kind of messed it all up from that end. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it also gives the players who played in that era the recognition they deserve. They clearly deserve. Um, I mean, what, what what's your take on this? I mean, it's it's I, I think it's, it's nonsense that. It wasn't a stat anyway. Like, how yeah. has it taken yeah. this long for it not to be a stat? And fair play to Pro Football Reference going back and doing all the research and getting the stats. Let's hope the NFL will take that um, information and use that and acknowledge it as an official stat from before then. But one thing I was wondering, like, obviously, the single season sack record is obviously been Michael Strahan's for years. But now yeah. Pro Football Reference has... It's a Detroit Lions player. Forgive me, I can't remember his name. From 1969, his rookie season, he actually got 23 sacks. And it got me thinking, what if Justin Houston had broken the sack record in 2014 and he, for example, was on 22 and a half sacks? Would we here sit here as Chiefs fans today going, nope, 
not having it. That Detroit player doesn't count. <laughs> not an official stat before 1982, or would we be embracing it? And I'm sitting here wondering how biased I would be towards Justin Houston. I like yeah. to think the reasonable side of me would go, yeah, that's fair. Justin Houston, you don't have the sack record anymore. It's the rookie Detroit Lions player from 1969. But I know I'm not like that. <laughs> so I know that I would have been like, high football reference doesn't mean anything. Stupid website. <laughs> Go. Yeah, but that was back then. Yeah, that was back then. And don't we, that was a different era. It's back then. Yeah. What it no, does... I, I agree with you. It's, it's a bit of an odd one, isn't it? That we do get invested in, um, you know, seeing records being broken and then to have it suddenly shifted yeah. would be a bit of a... It's it's almost like if you're a fan that you, that you were there at the game, you know, yeah. it was an I was there moment. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you get shifted from being the, you know, the sack leader, obviously down to second or third place in the rankings after yeah. that. You'd be like, oh, hang on a minute. It wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah of course. I wonder what happened now with um, with records in general, because at the moment it is done on a per season basis, where with the NFL landscape moving as much as it is in terms of games, we've gone from 14 to 16 to 17. And I have no doubt by the end of the decade, it will be 18 an 18 game season. I've don't have any doubt about that. Um, are we going to start looking at like averages as opposed to totals? Like averages with a minimum amount of starts. So is is the benchmark starts going to be like 14 starts? And we're going to start looking at two sacks per 14 games or whatever, or 1.25. Is that how we're going to measure greatness from now? Because we can't, we can't compare an 18-game season to a 14-game season. It's simply not fair. And you've also got the fact of different eras. So... I feel like we are moving towards looking at stats as an average per, which is obviously great for people like Patrick Mahomes because he just puts up yards after yards after yards. He'll be fine in the totals, but with the totals, there's always going to be an asterisk because they can be like, well, Patrick Mahomes got to play a lot more games than, say, Dan Marino did. Hmm. If you're doing it as a per game, then if he's at the top of that list then, then it's well-deserved. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit, I mean sorry to cross over to different sports, but it's a bit like Formula One. There's more races now. Um, You know, there's obviously records being broken of most victories and stuff like that. But obviously back in an era where um, racing car drivers didn't have that many uh, Grand Prix to, to, to win. Yeah. You know, it it does, it does skew the kind of figures a bit, doesn't it? So yeah. In a Formula One season, is it like 21 now or something crazy? Like I don't know. I really don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when it was like when I was younger, when I used to watch it with like Mika Hacken and David Coulthard when they were driving for McLaren against obviously Michael Schumacher in the red Ferrari. Um, yeah. Those days I used to love it. And I think it was like 14, 15, 16 races, but I'm pretty sure it's like up to like 21 now. Which I think it's about 21. Yeah. Crazy, I think it's crazy. crazy. But yeah, it's, it. yeah, I'm obviously shifting it back to Chiefs and, and you know, the average is, is definitely probably going to be the way forward, obviously for the NFL to uh, to kind of, Use it as a measuring stick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to, to do that moving forward. All right, mate. We'll take a quick break on that. When we come back, we'll be talking about KC, the small town treasure. Hi there, and welcome back to the Great British Chief Show with myself, Brad Simcox, and Tom Childs. I want to bring up an article that I read recently, and it was a very good article that was written by Dean Mullen from the last word on sports.com. And it's about Kansas City, the small town treasure. And it kind of got me kind of, you know, interested in this. I thought, you know what? I'll give it a read. It talks about the Kansas City Chiefs are quickly becoming the fresh Midwestern face with local support. 
And obviously with Mahomes, the face of the franchise in the NFL is boosting the image of, of Kansas City and helping to drive new business opportunities, obviously, in the, in, in the city as well. It was a good article. It really was a good article because it, it really got you thinking about the power of what Mahomes can bring to this city, especially a small town, as, as many people mm. viewed Kansas City as. Um, and did you see this article at all? I did. I included it on headlines. Um, oh, I, almost, I almost ran with it as the lead, but I wish I had now, to be honest, looking back at it, because the headline would have been something like, of, oh, Kansas City is now the face of small town America in sports, yeah. something like that. And that's not to say Kansas City is a small town, but it's a big city with a small town feel, and that's what Kansas City um, residents pride themselves on. But yeah. I thought, if I send this out, I'm going to trigger a lot of people because their <laughs> other cities will feel like they are the face of the Midwest in in the NFL, like Green Bay, potentially like Detroit, other cities like that will feel like, well, even Chicago to a point will feel like they're the, yeah. the face of the NFL in small town America, Midwest America. And I don't think it's true. I think it is Kansas City now, especially in sports terms. You're in, a, you're in a funny place with American sports in general where the sport's been dominated by smaller markets, which is just yeah. incredible. You only have to look at the NBA finals and it's the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Phoenix Suns. Like, that's madness. <laughs> and what was it? The NHL final was Tampa Bay versus Edmonton Oilers or no, Montreal Canadiens. That's, that's crazy. Like, the, the American sports business owners, they don't want to see that. They want to see Dallas versus New York. They want to see LA yeah. versus Miami. They want all these big cities facing each other. And then here we are with Kansas City, this town in Missouri, which is quickly becoming one of the most famous American sports franchises in the world because of a guy called Patrick Mahomes and the craziness that he's doing week in week out like you only have to look over here there are so many more Chiefs fans now than there were three years ago absolutely so many more but I don't care they are jumping on the Chiefs bandwagon because Mahomes is that good and that's what he's done to the city he's giving it a global reputation before if I mentioned Kansas City the first thing everyone said was about the Wizard of Oz and go Dorothy you're not in Kansas anymore that's the first thing people always used to say to me why do yeah. you go to Kansas City? I'm like, because I want to, because they wear the same colours as Arsenal. Oh, don't you want to go to like Dallas? Don't you want to go to New York? Don't you want to go to Miami? No, I'm happy with Kansas City. <laughs> now people are seeing what Kansas City is because of my homes, because people are seeing my homes. They're hearing the name Kansas City and they're starting to take notice. And that is having a huge effect on the international support for Kansas City. For sure, yeah. I mean, you mentioned Packers there, and and that's actually mentioned in the article that you know they are obviously seen as because they are fan owned. Mm. Uh, they're seen as obviously the you know the the small town team. But like you were saying, I mean, with with the rise of Patrick Mahomes and the, this entire Chiefs team, that that what they've done in sh- such a short space of time has really put Kansas City on the map. Mm-hmm. And it's something that really needs to be applauded, especially from you know the likes of the the actual Chiefs organization themselves. Having somebody with that much power and that much presence mm-hmm. in Kansas City, it's only going to draw more, like you said, international support. Um, it's going to bring up more business opportunities. It's going to grow the city even more. And people aren't going to treat it as a, as a flyover state as much anymore. No, of course not. There's, there's so many things coming up, and we'll touch on, obviously, 
venues and things that are coming up in Kansas City very soon in the next few years, which again puts that city on the on the world stage. Yeah. Um, you know, the likes of the draft, the likes of the World Cup bid that they're they're on about looking in, into. But I, there was a nice quote in here in this article, and I just want to read it a bit of it here. Uh now is the time for the little known secret in the middle of the country to go for it. In short, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to cash in on a perfect storm coming together when many other teams are still searching for an identity. People outside of the state of Missouri and Kansas probably don't know much about the city itself. And yeah, it's, it's really kind of focusing on a lot of this, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That this is the team. This is the, uh, you know, you've got the face of the NFL in Kansas City, slap bang in the middle of America. Yeah. Well, you only have to look um, at the fact that the Chiefs have got the NFL draft in 2023. There's exactly. no way in hell Kansas City gets the draft if they haven't got Mahomes. Exactly. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Mahomes has made the Chiefs a juggernaut, a juggernaut that the NFL has to look after. So they're going to, so they're going to get the 2023 draft. They are a big name player now. And the city itself needs to take, a, take the opportunity, as you just quoted, and things like the airport needs to get sorted. They need, they Definitely. need like the international airport. They need to make Kansas City more accessible for the rest of America and for visitors. Because I don't know anyone that's been to Kansas City and had a bad time. I've been twice. Yeah. I love the city. I can't wait to go again. Like every time I leave there, I feel like I wanted to spend more time there. Obviously mm -hmm. it's easier said than done with work and everything. But I, I just, I just get this feeling that Kansas city is onto something and yeah. it all stems from Patrick Mahomes. For sure. Well, that'll take us on to the Kansas city world cup bid because uh, there was a, a massive wallscape unveiled on Friday, uh, which is like 90 by 90 feet banner. Uh, it was situated on the 16th and 16th and, 16th and main. It was situated. American road names are tough, aren't they? Well, aren't they, are, they, aren't they? Why can't they just be called like Regent Street or St. <laughs> George's Close, Oxford Street? Why do they have to have like numbers and names? They are tough. I always struggle. I'll, I'll meet you on 34th and Main. Ah, head scratch. That's numbers and letters. All I found, all I find myself doing is just counting roads all the time. Like I get to a map and one, two, three, four. Ah, oh, I lost count. Here we go again. Which one's main? I, I just, I really struggle. And, and people listening to us thinking, how stupid is this bloke? <laughs> but, yeah, how should it be these Brits? They yeah, don't, but they don't know sixteenth and main. <laughs> and it makes sense. It does make sense. The block system. Yes. We, I, I live in a I live in a town which is about twenty minutes from a city called Milton Keynes, town slash city called Milton Keynes, which the whole place is based on an American block system. Like yeah. that's it's the it's a new town as they call it over here, and um and it's gone the American way. It's not to say they're called Thirty Fourth and Main. They're called like F Six Child's Way. That's an actual road name, by the way, Child's Way. Really? Um, <laughs> this is like really bad podcast material, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> for the Chiefs, stay for Milton Keynes. <laughs> um, but yeah, just American road names. But no, the, the World Cup bid, let's get back on track. The World Cup bid. We yeah, just to just finish that off, actually, just to finish that off, that okay. banner actually had on, we want the World Cup. So there we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> we want the World Cup. I'm Which, sorry, I'm sorry. Um, as advertising campaigns go, that's straight to the point, isn't it? It is, it is. They want the World Cup, they deserve the World Cup. Kansas City is a soccer town, as some of them say. And um, 
I hope they get it. I think they will. I think they will, think especially they will. with, um, as we were just talking about the power of Mahomes with Kansas City becoming a more known city on the world stage. They need to, they can't have all the games on the coasts. They just can't do that. They have to have some games in the middle of the country. I have no doubt the Soldier Field will get the games, but they're going to need another stadium in, in the middle of the country to do it. It might be Dallas. It might be Arrowhead. They might use both. But um, given that Kansas City's reputation as a soccer town, I think they deserve it, and I think they will get it. Yeah. Well, on the the actual banner itself, it, it is asking for uh, local support on this because uh, if you haven't already signed the petition to back the bid, you need to be a KC resident. I tried actually backing the bid, and it wouldn't let me. I had to put my zip code in with Kansas City, and I was like, "Ah, oh, right, I can't do that." <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you sign the petition on the website, which is kc2026.com, and and back your bid for the uh, for the World Cup in Kansas City, but um, I mean, apparently they're doing the, the the Gold Cup at the moment, aren't they? Which is 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 showcasing what Kansas City can do mm-hmm. um, in in this particular sport as well in in soccer soccer slash football. Um, but to have the World Cup, I mean, again, if we were talking about you know, trying to elevate Kansas City as this kind of uh, international focus. They really need to have the infrastructure there of obviously the airports, um, you know, the uh, the uh, transportation to and from the stadium and all that. They need to really look at that and, and really kind of bring it up to another level. Mm-hmm. And I think they've got no problem. Like you said, they've got the place there. They've got the power. They've got the the, the, the backing of the, of the Chiefs organization on that as well. I think this is going to be great. I mean, it's going to be for the next, what, five, six years, Kansas City is going to be on the international stage because yeah. you've got the NFL draft in 2023 at Kansas City. And if they can get this World Cup bid as well in 2026, I mean, all roads lead to KC, don't they? They do, they do. England could be winning the World Cup in our head stadium. How about that? Do you know what, mate? We've got to go, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> We've got to go. You mean defending the title? Oh, yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, FIFA plans to make decisions on the 2026 host cities sometime in 2022. Uh, a committee plans to visit all 22 bid cities starting in September, uh, but apparently there's no word yet on a specific date for the trip to Kansas City. So fingers crossed for KC. Okay, mate, we'll be in another quick break. And when we come back, we'll be looking at the Chiefs Kingdom's hot takes. Thanks for joining us again on the Great British Chiefs show with myself, Brad Simcox and Tom Childs. We're going to do another segment on this now. We're going to be doing a new segment where we'll be looking at Chiefs Kingdom's hot takes. Now, we, if you've been on Twitter recently, Arrowhead Pride tweeted out asking for Chiefs Kingdom's hottest takes moving forward into the 21, 2021 season. And we've got a handful of them here that uh, we really like, didn't we, Nick? You say like. Um... <laughs> We thought some would... like ones that we can chat about. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the correct way to put it. That some of them I do not agree with at all. Some of them <laughs> I do think, yeah, there's logic behind it. But that's what hot takes are for. Hot takes are hot for a reason. Not everyone's meant to be able to agree with them. So we're going to go through each one. We've got how many we got here? We've got uh, six or seven. Is that right? Yeah. And it's up to me and Tom to decide whether we think, yeah, that's pretty much going to be something that we believe is going to happen this year. Or we actually think y'all are crazy. (laughs) So let's, uh, let's start off with the first one, which is uh, from Brad Jennings. CEH will have over 1800 yards from scrimmage this year. and will be considered a top five running back in the league. 
Ooh, tough, tough, tough. Um, I think half of that is perfectly reasonable. So he's only half crazy. Yeah. But then again, if he goes over 1,800 yards, you kind of have to consider him top five in the league. Yeah. I think he can do it. I don't think that's that mental. Like, we all thought it would happen last year. Everyone went out, every Chiefs fan I know, went out to and tried to get Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the first or second round of their fantasy draft because yeah. we were all convinced that he was going to be the missing piece to the Chiefs offense. We all thought that he could have a, a Kareem Hunt 2018-type season. So we all thought it could happen last year, but it didn't happen for whatever reason. Here we are, new offensive line. Um Apparently, more emphasis going on the run game and passing out of the backfield to running backs. Daryl Williams isn't there. You've got Daryl Williams. Damian Williams isn't there. You've still got Daryl Williams. You haven't got Shady McCoy. You haven't got Le'Veon Bell. So there's, there's not guys in his way, as it were. So he mm. should be the feature back in the offense. So it's not that crazy. Well, who said it? Was it Rob Jennings? Rob? Rob Brad, Brad Jennings. Brad, yeah, Jennings. Brad Jennings. Sorry, apologies. Brad Jennings, you're not that crazy. No, I, I'm with you on this one. <laughs> you're with him on that one. Yeah. yeah, I think, I mean, from scrimmage, it might be a bit of a tall ask. I don't know. No, from scrimmage, it's easier because it, it counts for uh, receiving and rushing yards. It counts yeah. and, It's easier than saying, if you said 1,800 rushing yards, we would say he's top one in the league. <laughs> and ever running. Well, yeah, but yeah. Little, from yeah, scrimmage, receiving, rushing, what if he goes, what, 600 receiving yards and then... Another twelve hundred on the ground. That that's that's reasonable. The Chiefs, you expect them to be getting out to big leads, which means they should be able to pound the football in the fourth quarter. So why not? Yeah, just do it, Ch. Just do it. I'm I'm surprised they didn't use him much in the passing game. That's what I'm actually surprised about last year. You are not alone on that one. The whole of the Chiefs' kingdom is wondering why Clyde Edwards-Helaire was not getting the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands in the flats on these Texas routes that everyone was talking about this time last year. We just don't know why he didn't get the ball in his hands, but we are all sitting here hoping that it's going to change going into this year. Yeah. So what's your idea? Crazy or not? I I can see it happening, I think, especially like we said with this new all-line. I think if we had the other all-line, I I couldn't see it happening, I don't think. But you're, you're right, though. I think they really need to look at maybe utilizing him a little bit more mm. in the passing game because it it just really didn't feel as though it flowed that well last year at all. Um, but getting involved more, I think that's going to be the uh, the way forward. Um, all right, next one, mate. Uh, this one's from uh, at Josh Scotton. Mahomes could use more of Alex Smith's check down game. <laughs> Loco. <laughs> Do you really want to use Patrick Mahomes in a check down kind of no. screen pass kind of scenario? I don't get why. <laughs> I, who was it, Josh? Josh why? Scotton. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I think, do you know what I think it is? I think this is the um, the Brady thing coming into it because the, Brady does do, he does use quite a, a lot of check downs. Yeah, true. Uh, or, or at least getting the ball out quickly from yeah. uh, from scrimmage, and and I think that's probably what he's probably aiming at and looking at. Maybe we should be looking a bit more to the short game as well as obviously going for the long bombs. I suppose we can't sit here in one minute and say, "Oh, we want Clyde Edwards-Helaire to receive the ball more," then the next say we don't want um, Patrick Mahomes to 
to check the ball down yeah. to running backs. Like if if we want Clyde Edwards to do that, then that's going to be part of checking the ball down. Um, yeah. But I just got so used to Patrick Mahomes is like craziness type of game that the thought of ever supporting a quarterback and I loved Alex Smith but I'm scared about my Chiefs fandom in 15 years time because what the next quarterback might be and so whilst we've got Patrick Mahomes I want Patrick Mahomes to be Patrick Mahomes and just air that that thing yeah. out I'm sorry just air it out all the time that, yeah. that that's the beauty of of watching this great team isn't it it's mm. like watching um I don't know a generational team like soccer slash football in Barcelona from like 2008 and 2012, I think it was, wasn't it? Where they were the team to watch and you wanted to see the flashes of skill and stuff. And I suppose as a Chiefs fan, that's what you want to see. You know, you've got a quarterback who's capable of throwing that rock Mm. 80 plus yards. You want to see it every week. You want to see it on every play. Yeah, yeah. But I think probably what Josh is getting out there is we probably need to kind of tone it down a little bit, but but then unleash it when we need it. Now I'm I'm not I'm not with this. I think this is crazy. Yeah. Like, until Patrick Mahomes turns the ball over consistently, then I think <laughs> he should just carry on as he is. If we get to a point where mid-season he's thrown double-digit interceptions, closer to twenty than say ten, then I think yeah, there's there's an argument to be made. But until he is, until defenses have proved that they can stop him on a consistent basis, no, Patrick Mahomes play your game. You're Patrick Mahomes. You're not Alex Smith. You were brought in to replace Alex Smith, not to play like him. So, Josh, you're crazy to Tom, but I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I'm as crazy as Josh. I don't know. <laughs> All right. The next one we've got is, um, I don't have the at on this one, but it just says bananas over KC Chiefs. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's a great tag. Um, Frank Clark breaks out big. 17 sacks in 12 games. Assuming he is suspended for four and rests week 18. In addition, remaining front four get another 31, which means Chris Jones is good for 16. Jaron Reed nails down 11 and Naddy chips in an additional four. Is that a you're all crazy tweet or is that just like, yeah, he might have a point there. I'll let you go first on this one. What's your word? <laughs> I'm going to go, y'all are crazy on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that is a big hot take though. I mean, yeah. if that actually happens, you know, Frank Clark getting 17 sacks in 12 games. Mm, I think that's where the issue lies for me. That is bold because... That is bold. (laughs) Siri, can you give me an example of bold and underneath it will be that tweet? Um, (laughs) I just don't see how we... Frank Clark was apparently playing hurt the last couple of years, but I still didn't see anything that think that has me believe that he's capable of producing his Seattle form. Like I want to see his Seattle form, but even by his own standards in Seattle, this would be a monster season and to do what 17 sacks in 12 games. Yeah. And Chris Jones to get 16. So we were sitting here about half an hour ago talking about averages and sack averages and how, where would that put Frank Clark? That would put him like best of all time, right? (laughs) The greatest on average. That's, that's no, no, that's crazy. Crazy talk. He might have some insider information because that is quite a sp- specific tweet, Maybe. isn't it? Maybe. I mean, Maybe. you know, like, you know, it isn't just like five or 10 or anything like that. That's like Have 17. we just found Steve Spagnolo's burner account? <laughs> 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 or have we just found Frank Clark's burner account? <laughs> Which one is it? <laughs> 
burner accounts everywhere. <laughs> no, I, I'm going with crazy on that one. Are you going with crazy on that yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah. Y'all crazy. All right. Okay. Um, we've got another one here. This one's from Rocky. Welcome to Arrowhead Pride, Rocky. Oh, I thought you meant Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> not that one, no. Adrian. No, not that one. No, this is our Rocky. This is our Rocky. Um, LDT will waive his no-trade clause and be traded to the Houston Texans for Kiki Kuti or Chris Conley. We use the savings to go towards signing Melvin Ingram. It's very specific, isn't it? Have, it is, has, isn't it? Has Arrowhead Pride just hired an insider? that's really specific um i'm here for it i think it's crazy because it is so specific and Mm -hmm. i don't i can't see the chiefs wanting chris Connolly back either um i do think the melvin ingram signing will happen by the way but um ldt to the texans texans giving us though one of those two guys it's a bit mad isn't it's too it's too specific um for me i can certainly see ldt getting traded though that i that i can see happening because he doesn't want to lose any money so if he weighs that clause then he can get traded um but obviously him being traded would mean that trey smith is playing extremely well in training Mm. camp so if it's going to happen it's going to be one of those late training camp type moves um yeah but that specific maybe not no maybe not necessarily that team I don't think the Chiefs, like as you said there, I don't think they pulled the trigger on that yet. No. I, I think they've got to wait, like you said, about Trey Smith. They've got to wait to see what we've got. Is he ready right now? I mean, a lot of people are saying he is ready and he can just get straight into it, but I don't know how you can tell that after an OTA. I just really, yeah. you know, I, I, you, you can't be that far ahead on, 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 on that soon, I don't think. Um, but LDT, he's just won the, um, is it the Muhammad Ali Award or something like yes. that? What was it he won? Um, so for obviously his um, his work, obviously outside of the sport, mm-hmm. and um, you know dealing with COVID patients. Which congratulations to him. That's that's yeah. such a, a a magnificent award to to get, especially for for LDT doctor LDT. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is a bit specific from Rocky, isn't it? About yeah. <laughs> well, the, we, we yeah, this is the team, these are the players, and 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 we get Melvin Ingram. But yeah, the last bit, I agree with you. Melvin Ingram would be um, a great signing. Mm-hmm. Again, though, we've got that unnerving time to wait, haven't we, about the Frank Clark news? Yeah. So the Chiefs have got to really kind of balance it out here because, I mean, they'll be very close to the cap, won't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what the cap is at the moment, but it feels like we're very close and flying right, right to the edge of the cap. And I think that, um, you know, if they do make that bold move of, of, of signing Ingram without doing a trade or anything, it's going to be a difficult one for the Chiefs to kind of uh, maneuver or, or kind of navigate through this, mm. but I don't think that's as crazy as we, 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 you know, we originally thought it was. It's not as crazy as the Frank Clark seventeen sacks and twelve games. That is for sure. Definitely <laughs> <Really> not. <laughs> sorry, I'll stop piling on now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got a uh, one here from at Greg Gavant thirty three on Twitter. Chiefs will go an abysmal, an abysmal 12 and 5 in the regular season, but we'll still win the Super Bowl. It's crazy to think that we're now, Chiefs fans are thinking that 12 and 5 is an abysmal season. Yeah, 12 wins. Because that's the floor for Patrick Mahomes, isn't it? That is the floor. Yeah. Um, 12 and 5. If we go 12 and 5, we're not going to be the number one seed in the AFC. So if we're going to go to the Super Bowl, we're going to do it the hard way. That is for sure. Um, 
Is it crazy? No, it's not crazy. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl from being 12 and 4, I believe. Um, they were the second seed then. They were the, the D4 year, I think they went 12 and 4 as well. That was obviously yeah. the, the first seed that's uh, slightly different. But no, isn't it's definitely not crazy. Um Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, they're Super Bowl favorites. They're Super Bowl favorites for a reason. If they do happen happen to have to go on the road in the playoffs, or they do have to play an extra game in the number one seed, yes, it will be harder. But I will still take the Chiefs head to head against any other AFC opponent. So no, not crazy, not crazy at all. Mm. Yeah, I mean the wild card doesn't scare us anymore, does it? No, no, not, not um, anymore. You know, like, it, you're relying on the Chiefs to go on a three game stretch to to get to the Super Bowl. And under Andy Reid, we have seen that this team can be unbelievably streaky. And so, yeah, I'm I'm not phased at all by the thought of a wild card game. It just means we get an extra game of Patrick Mahomes. That's all. And yeah. we get to break more hearts. I'd still be happy with the 12 and 5 season. More than happy. Yes and no. It depends on who we lose to, obviously. Um, well, if, yeah. if, if we're dropping games to the Raiders again and maybe a game to the Chargers or whatnot and division rivals then and so so but if we're we're dropping games to like Cleveland, Buffalo, Ray uh, Baltimore, then it just gives the Chiefs that little bit extra motivation to go back and get their own back. Yeah. All right then we've got two more Matt. We've got uh Jacob Millam. Uh the Chiefs will add two veteran edge players before the preseason starts. Two. Two they can't afford to. Who who's the two going no, they're crazy. No. Like Jacob's think, crazy for saying that. I I before before when the season starts or preseason starts. Before the preseason. So, so what four weeks? Four weeks. <laughs> but they already like Melvin Ingram. They like Melvin Ingram already. Like we just touched on it, but they've obviously brought Melvin Ingram in before. And that was before any of the Frank Clark news was really public. So they were obviously interested then. And so let's say that Melvin Ingram brings them up, says, yeah, I'll come in for three or four million. That's going to leave the Chiefs some money, obviously, to, to get another edge player. And they probably would need one if Frank Clark was suspended, but I don't think Frank Clark is going to get suspended. Hmm. So on that note, they have Joshua Kando, they have Taco Charlton, they have Chris Jones, who's going to stick out on the edge. They have, um, forgive me, what's his name? The guy with Mike Dana. They have yeah. Frank Clark. They could be bringing in Melvin Ingram. That six edge guys, they've got Tim Ward as well. I can't see it. I can't see them bringing in two veterans because veterans cost money as well. And mm. um, I, I, no, I'm sorry, Jacob. I, th- I think that's a little bit crazy. Not massively crazy, just a little bit crazy given how so many guys are already there. We think we'll get one, but not two. Yeah. It would, it would the other one be though on free agent? I mean, the only other one it's I not going to be Justin. Would be... You can't afford Justin Houston and Melvin Ingram. Justin Houston's not interested to come back to Kansas City anyway. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know who's out there. And no. if you are going to bring someone in, are they going to be better than the guys we've already got? Like I liked mm-hmm. Taco Charlton last year when he played. Yeah, he's a situ- situational pass rusher, but I thought he performed quite well when when he was in there. And the thought of third down being able to keep Chris Jones inside with. Um, Turt Wharton and having Frank Clark and Taco Charlton on the outsides. That's exciting. Yeah. That's an exciting pass rush. So, yeah, no, I, I can't see it happening myself. Okay, I'll save the best for last. And it's from King Fred LIV, uh, which is his Twitter handle is at Abstract Life. When number 10's contract is up, he won't be re signed. Mm. That one is a tasty one. I think it's now, crazy. You think it's crazy? Yeah. I think I differ on this to you. 
Go on, you go first. As much as I love Tyreek Hill and I want him to be a chief for life and I really hope he does, I just think the fact that they got him on a cheap deal beforehand and the fact that he's going to want money this time yeah, because of his performances and, and, and being a top 10 wide receiver, yeah, I don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to look at that long term as being a, a, a viable option for them to move forward. They obviously want to keep Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes together but when you've got like the likes of Travis Kelsey's contract, which he's still got what, like, I think it runs until he's like 36 or something, isn't it? Travis Kelsey's contract. I just think the Chiefs are going to, this is going to be the the, the time when the Chiefs, do what? The Patriots type move, where they, they move on from players early. Yeah. And, and, and I just think the Chiefs are going to have to make sure that the books are balanced as well, because like I said, they've already signed in Travis Kelsey for very long term. They've already signed, obviously, Patrick Mahomes long term, which that can still, you know, we, we obviously know that Mahomes' contract can move in accordance with how the team looks and how yeah. he wants the team to look as well. But I just think Tyreek Hill's probably going to want to really get paid for this and really be kind of, um, you know, given the credit that he deserves for being a top 10 wide receiver. He's probably the most lethal wide receiver in the NFL right now, uh, along with like, I don't know, Devontae Adams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's going to want to get paid like him. I, I think this is crazy. I, yeah. I do. I do think this is crazy. What well, he's got two years left on his current deal and then he'll be an, an unrestricted free agent, obviously pending the tag. Yeah. At the age of 29. And, he still have some. He still have some legs in him. Like if yeah. he was a couple of years older, and say he'd lost a step and he didn't have the pace, then I could see the argument for him. Mm. But at twenty nine, he's still going to be able to produce. His teams are still going to be as scared of him as they are now at twenty nine, and he can probably still get a two, another two or three year deal with some big money. And I just can't see a situation where Andy Reid is going to go. Okay, here we go. We're going to. Tr- trade away a Hall of Fame wide receiver because that's what he's going to be. He's going to be a Hall of Fame wide receiver. If he carries on producing how he is, especially with all the long touchdowns, because that's going to, that's going to matter in a few years time when they have a look at his Hall of Fame candidacy. Um, I just can't see a situation where Andy Reid going, yeah, let's get rid of him, especially with Travis Kelsey aging as well. Because we're so used to this this trio of Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Eventually, Travis Kelsey is going to retire. And then what? You're going to say, well, we're going to let Tyreek walk. And then Travis Kelsey is going to retire within a year or two. And then what are you leaving for Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, you're going, you're going to have this shiny O-line that we're all hoping is going to be together for the next four or five years. But then what's after that? Because the Chiefs yeah. really haven't hit on wide receivers outside of Tyreek Hill. Let's be honest, they don't have a great track record of getting hold of receivers, especially through the draft. McCall Hardman's fine, but he can't be the guy. Demarcus Robinson hopefully won't be in Kansas City in two years' time. That's not that's not slander. It's just I feel like at that point the Chiefs should have moved on by him. Then then who's next? Who's next? Cornell Powell might be might be a guy, but is he going to be the guy? Tyreek Hill is so influential to this team and the way they can run their offense. And yeah. I feel like as long as he is Tyreek Hill as he is today, then the Chiefs will pay him and they will give him the 20 million a year if they need to be. Yes, they've got to pay Mahomes his ridiculous contract. 
ridiculously good contract, by the way. I'm not saying it's a bad contract. But yes, they've got, <laughs> they've got to pay him that contract. But at the same time, the cap hit is going to the cap is going to go up and up and up, and eventually Patrick Mahomes will look like he's on a cheap deal compared to other quarterbacks. And I think they have the money there to to pay Tyreek. And if they had to choose between a guard or Tyreek Hill, they will go for Tyreek Hill purely because of what he means to this team and what they can do. So I think this is crazy. I'm sorry, this is crazy. You think it's crazy? Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I would say it was. It would be crazy because he's such a phenomenal player. But for me, the numbers probably just won't add up, um, and he'll he'll be demanding a big paycheck for sure. Um, and it's just how the Chiefs manage that. I mean, I know we've got a phenomenal kind of, you know, we've got a phenomenal GM, but I don't know. He, just, he just signed a three-year, $54 million contract. Like, <laughs> that's, that's crazy money anyway. Like, let's be honest, he's, he's earning like the best part of what, $17 million a year, $18 million a year? Yeah. Like, how much money do you need? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so, I'm sorry. <laughs> <right>, come on. <laughs> Well, you, they all they all talk about dynasties as well a lot. This team in Kansas City, yeah. and if, if they've added a ring or two bef- before, then are they not going to want us? And I know it doesn't always work like that in the NFL. And I know it's like rose tinted glasses that we feel like our players will s- sign on for cheap just to get a ring and whatnot. But maybe I'm just being a bit of a homer here. But it does feel a bit different with this team. And I do I do feel like dynasties matter to them in particular. And yeah. Tariq Hill will will want to get into the Hall of Fame and his best bet of getting into it is staying with Patrick Mahomes. I don't know why he'd want to leave Patrick Mahomes. If you're that still is a good point. Money. That is a very good point. I mean, if you're going to leave the best quarterback in the league to go and play somewhere else, that yeah, that would be that would mean Tariq Hill is crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it at that then. <laughs> right, that's all we've got time for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show. You can listen to the Great British Chiefs show every Saturday as we build up to the preseason. And if you have the time, please consider leaving us a rating and a review. You can also listen to more Chiefs-related content on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. And all that's left to say here is, from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon. Mm-hmm.